0: Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Keandra. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I'm a survivor of an eating disorder. And in this podcast, we delve into the very insights and wisdom I used in my own recovery journey. If you haven't already I invite you to join our community by hitting that follow button and leaving a rating. Every follow and every rating not only keeps this podcast alive but it also extends our reach to more listeners worldwide spreading the invaluable information that I share in this podcast. Your presence here matters and I genuinely appreciate every single one of you listening so I hope you know that. So whether you're on the path to recovery, supporting someone on their own recovery journey, or just curious about this important topic, you're in the right place. So stay tuned for another empowering episode. Over to the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Recover to Flourish. I am so pleased to be back with good audio quality. Oh my gosh, the lengths that I went to to try and get podcast episodes out in Thailand was... Yeah, it was extreme, but I'm glad I continued to get the episodes out and, you know, thank you for bearing with me with pretty poor audio quality, but, you know, you're here for the ride and I'm so grateful that you are. I have just got over my jet lag. I think I took about three days to get over it. Honestly, traveling for 36 hours was intense and I literally slept for like 18 hours last night and I finally feel like myself again honestly, never underestimate sleep. Like I didn't realize how much sleep actually improves my life. <laughs> you know, I know that's a weird thing to say, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, just sleep is sleep. Cause thankfully I've never struggled with my sleep. But honestly, when you're sleep deprived, I, I was, I was all the, all over the place. So emotional. I think hormonally I'm really emotional as well, like all over the place at the minute. So yeah, I'm so glad that I'm back to some sort of normality. And actually, I suppose this episode is something that should have come prior to the episode about overcoming the binge restrict cycle, because this episode is all about actually the reasons why one binge eats. And I'm going to uncover some of the most common causes behind binge eating and also what binge eating actually is and what it's not, and actually trying to decipher between what is binge eating disorder and what is binge eating now, why I say this is I know from the past, for me, routine change and potential unintentional restriction through travel will have caused me to have like a binge episode. And that's what I'm going to dive into today. It kind of came to mind while I was on the flight. I was like, wow, in the past, I would have been so unprepared for travel and probably unintentionally restricted that it would have caused a binge episode. And I thought, you know what? I need to talk about the reasons why we actually binge eat. and there is a number of different reasons. So I do hope that, you know, this gives you a bit of clarity and some sort of, you know, understanding of why you might be kind of coping or, or dealing with binge eating because it can feel really scary and you can feel really out of control and alone. And by understanding, you know, the causes, you can develop some more effective coping strategies to cope and heal. So. I want to say, before we dive in, let's kind of understand where we're at, you know, what actually is binge eating. Because binge eating is so much more than eating just a lot at once. It's um, a repeated pattern where you consume large quantities of food while feeling a loss of control and often a lot of emotional distress afterwards, so guilt or just upset or shame. So it's a complex behavior influenced by many different things. So emotional, physical and environmental factors. So firstly I think we need to understand the two ways we can kind of categorise binge eating. So first there's like binge eating disorder um, which you might have heard abbreviated as BED so binge eating disorder bed and then there are binge eating episodes or habits. So binge eating disorder is a serious serious condition so according to the National Eating Disorder Association is defined by recurrent episodes of eating large quantities of food feeling a loss of control during the binge and experience a lot of shame distress or guilt afterwards to put it more you know concretely it involves consuming a significantly larger amount of food than what's considered normal within a 2 hour period or less often with not feeling able to stop or control the eating. So these episodes must occur on average at least once a week for 3 months to be classified as binge eating disorder. Um binge eating disorder in America is actually the most common affecting 1.25% of women and 0.42% of men. So okay so that's the disorder. So on the other hand you might experience some of these symptoms, like eating larger than average portion sizes and feeling out of control, but less frequently or severely. And this doesn't necessarily mean you have binge eating disorder, but you could be experiencing binge eating episodes. So it's important to note within these categories the difference between subjective and objective binges. Now, again, you might be thinking, Keandra, what are you saying? What does this even mean? These are just words. But An objective binge involves eating an objectively large amount of food in a discrete period of time. That's typically what categorizes binge eating disorder. Subjective binges, however, are a little bit different. These occur when you perceive that you've overeaten, even if the quantity of food might not be considered large by objective standards. Now, what I would say here is I hear a lot of clients who are recovering from a restrictive eating disorder say that they're binging, whereas in reality, their eating disorder, the restrictive part of their brain is going, you're eating more than what we used to allow ourselves, that therefore we are binging. But really, that is not true. It's the eating disorder lying to us. The key factor in you know, binging is the feeling of loss of control rather than the actual amount of food consumed. It's a subjective feeling that one is eating more than they should have regardless of the actual quantity. Understanding these differences is crucial. It's not about the food or the quantity, it's the feelings and perceptions surrounding eating and the sense of control or lack of control and therefore the emotional aftermath. I think it's also really important to note, and I've done an episode on this before about extreme hunger, and extreme hunger is slightly different to binge eating because it's about coming out of a period of starvation and restriction. Now, I will go into the reasons and restriction actually is in one, but Extreme hunger comes out of a period of a a long-term, long-term starvation. That you know that could be a period of weeks. It doesn't have to just be you know a long term as in months, but it could be you know you've extended a period of restriction, and therefore the body's like, wow, I need to make up, you know, lost time. I haven't had you know enough food in a long time, and therefore you know sends all these extreme hunger signals. Now, to some degree, it might feel like a loss of control. However, it is not binging in that point. It's purely reactive to having, you know, a period of starvation. And again, reactive eating um, rather than, you know, emotionally, you know, feeling like out of control with your eating because of day-to-day nuances. Okay. So all of that out of the way, I think it's really important to understand that. So it will give you a bit of an bit of an underlying understanding of binge eating or what it is not. Okay. So let's, think about the first cause and that's emotional triggers. So emotional triggers play a huge role in our eating habits. Oftentimes we don't binge eat because we're hungry, but we're trying to fill an emotional void. Again, there is emotional eating to play. I know for myself, if I am sad, stressed, upset, coming on my period, et cetera, I tend to emotionally eat and that's okay. All humans emotionally eat from time to time. However, if we're consistently trying to fill an emotional void, this could be an issue. You know, it could be stress, anxiety, loneliness, or all of these other feelings, maybe feeling out of control, you know, that could cause uh, a binge. I know for me in the past, um, you know, stress was a massive trigger, you know, not feeling able to cope with my emotions. So, you know, finding that if you've had a stressful day, turning to food for comfort, again, it's not necessarily emotional eating, but it's about feeling a loss of control. You know, when you've not got those healthy coping mechanisms, so now, you know, thinking about things like journaling and meditation and even a massage or something, when you've not got those coping mechanisms for heightened emotions, you know, naturally turn to food instead, you know, and stress and emotional eating are common. but left unaddressed, you know, it can start to cause binge eating. Like I said, binge eating is not emotional eating, but if left unaddressed, it can turn into that. So in this case, you eat to distract yourself from the underlying feeling. It kind of numbs it. It's not a result of hunger, you know, to be honest, it's it's a a response to stress or emotion. And it's a way of numbing ourselves somewhat like drugs and alcohol do. But when you know, hunger and fullness are completely ignored. You know, this large amount of food can be consumed in a shorter period of time. And the lack of control is because the mind-body connection is completely turned off. You know, you've got absence of coping mechanisms for emotions and you're eating out of control as a way to cope. Again, it's a very much a maladaptive coping mechanism, but it is a cause of binge eating. So the next cause, cause two, restrictive eating. So dieting or restrictive eating can lead to binging, and it's it's ironic because I think a lot of people say when you control your diet, you have better control over your life, you'll lose weight, et cetera, et cetera, but it often has the opposite effect. When you deprive yourself of certain foods, it can create an intense craving for them. And also, if we, and I see this a lot, if you tend to restrict all day, The body, when it has food, tends to want to crave it extremely, which can lead into a a cycle of restriction binging. And that restricting and binging can be like a daily cycle, or it can be a weekly cycle. You know, the more that you restrict, the more that you crave, and then you you end up binge eating. You know, the key here is to create a regular pattern of eating where no foods are labeled as good and bad, but that's not always the case. So, There is two ways, and I I think I mentioned this at the start of the episode, restriction. So it's not just about intentional restriction. That's one thing. So intentional restriction is where you restrict entire meals, food items, amounts of food. You know, it can be a result of chronic dieting, uh, even uh, an eating disorder, you know, feeling like you need to control your food. And it's self-induced, so self-inflicted food rules and restrictions and when the body is not receiving enough uh, food on a regular basis in a day it it you know reaches day- breaking point and you feel like the need to eat everything in sight and again it's different to extreme hunger because with extreme hunger the goal is not to restrict after it is to honor it and it eventually it will go away you know willpower Eventually runs out. Our bodies are smart. It wants nutrition. It wants nutrition daily and regularly. You know, we are human beings. We are we are beings and we need nourishment. Again, uh, intermittent fasting is a caveat with all of that. I have my own opinions on intermittent fasting. It can sometimes trigger binging, you know, if we're leaving up the body restrictive for a long period of time. And again, one of the things of overcoming binge eating is regular eating. So, ensuring that we're having, we're eating upon waking, we're having those regular meals and snacks. You know, when you're binging because of restriction, your body is trying to make up from feeling restricted. And people are often left feeling overly full, bloated, embarrassed, you know, so shameful. And this often leads you to going back to restriction as an attempt to try and make up or fix the issue, but actually it does the opposite. It doesn't fix the issue, it it maintains the issue. I think it's really important to be reminded of that. Secondly, there is unintentional restriction. So some people, like I said with flying, I used to unintentionally not eat enough. You know, you can might see this if you are, you know, busy working all day or engrossed in a project and you realize that you're not eating your meals and through stress under eating and suppressing your appetite, you know, and then when you get home potentially from either like your travels or a day of work, completely ravenous and your body is trying to make up for what you've not had. So therefore, you can feel like binging and feel that out of control. And you might question like, why am I doing this? I'm eating enough, but really in reality or not. So with that, it's moving forwards; It's becoming intentionally planned with your eating. Set reminders to ensure that you eat regularly so you're not unintentionally restricting. Cause three, so that's psychological factors. So again, very broad category. It can include a range of mental health issues you know or even things like anxiety low self-esteem lack of self-worth Um, also you know our self-perception so our uh, you know our view of our body comes into this I think it's really important to recognize the way that we're talking to ourselves I know in the past if I had negative self-talk I used food as a coping mechanism both ways, actually, ironically. Sometimes restriction, but then obviously like we know in the last course can cause binging. But also sometimes from shame of our bodies, we're kind of like, in some respect, do what our, what our worst nightmare is and eat, overeat to try and cope with our emotions. Overcoming this requires working on those underlying psychological issues. So working with a coach... Um, like myself so through one-on-one coaching we can work on those underlying issues with mental your your mental health and your self-image and your self-esteem but also you know talking to a therapist or a counselor it's a journey of discovering who you are as a person and learning to love and accept yourself regardless of your body type you know it's very very common for those who engage in these episodes to have you know Low self esteem, poor body image, because the connection between the two is often a result of self sabotage. Like I said, to a certain degree, you know, you find that you reach for food and say things to yourself, is like, you know, eating eating a balanced diet will never make an issue. I'm never going to be good enough, so kind of effort, you know, and you know what's what's the like? I'm just going to eat as much as I want whenever I want because I'm never going to be happy in some respects, you might be eating this way to maintain this self sabotage And actually understanding that is really, really, really important. Cause four. So that's again, similar to kind of restriction, but it's actually placing value over food. So when we add value to food, like moral value, whether you're restricting or not, you're assigning uh, a label to food, so good or bad, right or wrong. So those who assign morality to food will often refer to kind of items of food as good or bad, even though, you know, as we know, well, as I clearly know, there is no good and bad foods in a in a healthy balanced diet, all foods fit. But when we are assigning moral values to foods, and it might be things that are potentially, you know, labelled as unhealthy in society, not that they are there might be this kind of sensation of scarcity or urgency. Also, when we're putting food as labelling it as good or bad, we're putting it a, as a pedestal. That scarcity mindset leads you to believe that you shouldn't be having these, so we actually want more of them, and that we need to eat them quickly or larger portion sizes because we know we're not going to get them again. To rationalise it, it comes from the idea that this is like your only opportunity to have this food item like i said when we put food on a pedestal it is something that we can't have often you know and therefore you want to eat large quantities of it when you get the opportunity but these mindsets can intentionally or unintentionally result in these binge eating episodes or binge eating disorder over time and therefore one of the most important things when moving towards intuitive eating or um you know binge eating recovery it's letting go of the labels of good and bad reducing those food rules and allowing all foods into your diet if you crave them allow them and then you will find and it's not magic you will find that over time you want them less it's it's ironic you know actually the more that we allow these foods into our diet the less we want them again there might be a period where you feel out of control but it's going through that to actually get to a place where you feel like you're you're safe, the body's safe you're safe with allowing yourselves you know allowing yourself food that you deem to be bad because honestly in life, life is too short. life is too short to not have that extra biscuit because you've deemed it as bad. Allow food into your diet, also focus on those nourishing items of food that you label as good because you know we we all need a balanced diet, but it's also not saying that you can't have things because. Like I said, paradoxically, you want them more. And lastly, I'm going to talk about cause five. Again, I want to say that there is many causes of binge eating and binge eating disorder, but this is kind of my overview of of the causes. Social and environmental influences. So thinking about media, social circles, pressures from work, you know, we live in a world where food, especially kind of the you know, quote unquote, I don't know, unhealthy options, like I said, there's no good and bad foods, but we live in a world where where foods that, you know, maybe we've deemed as bad is readily available, and that because of the influences from our peers, labelling things as good and bad, and the diets they're going on, and potentially things that you should be doing or shouldn't be doing, and restricting, you know, time restricted eating and diets can negatively influence our eating habits and like i said this can lead to you know a period of scarcity feeling restricted feeling a need should those should words can lead us to bingeing because you know the body is designed to eat the body also wants these foods that maybe are higher in sugar and fat some from time to time again i've i've spoken to a number of nutritionists and dietitians whereby actually, you advocate having some of these foods into a diet because, like I said, it's about how to make these foods fit in your diet. But when we're listening to our peers and social media about things we should and shouldn't do, it creates these rules again. So it's about, you know, really being aware of these influences and how to navigate them. So creating that supportive environment, both physically and socially, really, really aids in our recovery, you know, create the social circle that you want, create a group of people that actually are going to aid your recovery, that, you know, the energy around you that you want to include in your life, you know, where your focus goes, your energy flows. I know they say this all the time to my clients, they're probably sick of me saying this, but it's so true. If we create a focus of compassion and balance and, you know, ensuring that we're not labeling things as good and bad, it will help with our recovery. So. I've just gone through five of the main causes of binge eating and I hope it it helps. And you can go on to my next episode. If you've not listened to it already, it's with Merit. And we talk about overcoming the binge restrict cycle and some of her insight and advice. Again, I, in my own journey, suffered with binge eating less, but I have some insights. But actually that episode is really, really useful. So you can go back to that. And understanding these courses is just the beginning because the next step, like I said, is understanding how to overcome it, so this could be through support groups groups, mindfulness practices um again've got episode on coping strategies with um Tori, so thinking about Dbt or simply learning about nutrition and healthy eating habits, eating regularly, you know I think it's good to have a combination of all of these, and within my coaching. My one-on-one coaching, I do work with people who are overcoming this cycle and actually understanding how to maintain a better relationship with their body, understanding their emotions and seeking support when needed. Talking about coaching, I've got a couple of spaces available to start in the next month for one-on-one coaching. So if you are interested, have a look at the links below and apply and you can have a free 15-minute conversation with me about potentially how I can help you reach your recovery goals. Now, I want to leave you with a few final thoughts. So recovery is so, so unique. And what works for one person might not work for another. So what worked for me, what worked for Merit, what worked for your friend, might not work for you. But it's important to find what really, really resonates with you and your journey. Remember that setbacks, not setbacks, setbacks are part of the process, like I said in my last episode about setbacks. It doesn't mean failure. There are opportunities for learning and growth. It means, you know, in moments of struggle, remind yourself of why you started this journey. Going back to your why when motivation dips, go back to your why. Hold on to your goals, whether it's better health, improved self-esteem, or a deeper understanding about yourself. You know, celebrate every little win, no matter how small it may seem. Don't let your eating sort of creep in and say that you're not doing enough because every step forward is a step forward towards a healthier and happier you. So thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. I'm so happy to to be back in a routine. I love travel, but sometimes you just want to come home to your comfort. So remember, you're not alone on this journey. I'm here. Together, we can navigate these challenges and celebrate the victories. Keep believing in yourself and your ability to flourish. So until next time, take care, be amazing, and be kind to yourself. I'm sending so much love.